later on. We are, however you're connecting today, we're really glad that you are part of today, especially this happens to be your first time. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you're inspired and encouraged um, by the worship and the word. And as, as uh, Gracie just prayed, it's all about Jesus, and that's why we're here together this morning. So, um, hey, before I jump into the message today, I wanted to do something a little bit different um, than we normally do, but it was just something I felt like I think it's important for us to do. So, um, I want us to spend a few moments in prayer. That's not too odd. Um, but if you know somebody who is... Um, dealing with, struggling with COVID or maybe another illness right now or someone who is grieving, someone who's going through a really difficult time right now, what I would like you to do is to stand in representation of that person that God has put on your heart. And I want us to take a few moments and pray. So uh, if you would do that, if you know someone who's ill and someone who's dealing with just some some heaviness in their life we want you to stand and pray so in representation you don't have to pray you just are representing the person okay oh now everyone's like oh okay then I'll get up <clears throat> all right let's pray together father we come before you and we praise your name we declare your lordship over our life we declare your lordship over the existence of who we are, everything about us and about those we love. You are Lord. God, there are people, there are names, there are faces, there are friendships, there are loved ones that we are bringing before you right now and, and we're saying, God, please work in their life. And whether it's illness and we're saying, please touch them, God, please work through the doctors, work through the medicine, God, please work in their life as the great physician. Would you heal them? We bring them before you. For those who are grieving and have, have, have experienced loss and, and are just really weighed down, God, we pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would comfort them and bring to them a sense of, of joy that could only come from you. And God, I pray that as, as we, as, as the body of Christ, as believers, as the friends and loved ones of, of those that we know that are, that are hurting right now, Lord, would you equip us to, to come alongside of them, God, that we would, yes, in tangible ways, with, with meals and presents and hugs and, and those things, God, but also, God, that, that we would be the, the, the presence of Jesus Christ for them. And that we would, we would come to them and we would, we would reveal to them, Lord, that you, that you are for them, you are with them. That we lift these friends, these loved ones before you now. And we ask for you to work in their lives today, in this moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Thank you for sharing that time of prayer. We're going to be in two places in the, the scriptures this morning. We're going to be in Romans 12, which is our theme passage. We're going to be in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. That's our theme passage for this whole series that we're doing. And then we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. So we'll start in Romans 
And then we'll end up in, in Colossians 3. If you uh, have your Bibles and you want to turn there or write them down for later, they'll be on the screen, of course. So we're in the second week of our series called The 167, and the whole deal with it is that there are 168 hours in a week. 168 hours. Never changes. That's the way it is, I guess, whenever you do the hour change thing. But 168 hours in the week. And as Jesus followers, as Christians especially in uh, the Western world and in the, you know, where we live, it's pretty common that those who follow Jesus come to church. And so there's an hour or so of the week, and we all know there's an or so when we were talking about our service, um, an hour or so uh, where we come together for worship. What do we do with the rest of that time? Like, what are we doing? So as a follower of Jesus, how are we intentionally saying, God, what, what can I do with the other 167 hours of my life? What am I doing with it? And so last week we talked about just the overarching theme that we worship God with everything always. Like, that's how you do it. That's how you live into all 168 hours is that you worship God with everything always and then now we're kind of going to break this down a little bit into very, what are the everythings? And what does it mean by always? So I want to start with a question this morning. Um, what do you do with the largest portion of your waking hours each week? What do you, what do, you do with the largest portion of, of your waking hours each week? For most of us, for adults especially, for the largest portion of our lives, think about this. Okay, I mean, this, was, this was sobering to think about. For the largest portion of your adult life, so like from your 20-somethings to your 60-somethings, right? So 40 years at least. So the largest portion of your adult life the, and a largest portion of those years in a week you are spending at work. At work, I said it was sobering. You're like, oh. Your waking hours, okay? Not counting sleep. Your waking hours, so four decades, the largest portion of your waking hours you are spending at work. Now, I want us to think about that as we look at our theme passage for this series. I'm gonna read Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, and then I want us to say uh, Romans 1 together in a moment but first I'm just going to read it to you hear this in light of what I just told you okay how do we worship God how do we honor God so here's what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday ordinary life your sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Here's the challenge, friends, okay? Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I mean, this is the whole reason we're doing this series. We want to think. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you. See, this, there's thinking here. There's, there's introspection here. We're, we're examining our lives. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Okay, so now I said I want us, I really would like us to memorize this verse. This is from the message. It's Romans 12, 1, the first part of verse 1. I want us to say this together now because hopefully by the time this series is over in a few weeks, you will know this verse. Romans 12:1. let's say it together. It should be on the screen. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Are y'all saying it with me? Kind of maybe? You're like, why did you stop? Let's start over. Here we go. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Yes, that's how I have remembered it. So I got to have my hand motions. How do you bring God honor? How do you bring God glory in the 40 to 50 or so hours a week of work? Okay, I want to start with this main idea for the message today. It's this. Do not worship the work. Instead, worship at work. Don't worship the work you're doing. Worship at the work you were doing. You see the difference? So if you're like four decades of your life, the majority of your waking hours of each of those weeks and months and years, don't worship the work you're doing. Worship at the work you're doing because it's very likely you might be doing some different kinds of work in that time frame. Don't worship the work, worship at work. Now, I, I gotta say this up front. I wanna say this to make sure that no one is checking out. If you're not working right now, but you're in school, every time I say the word work, just substitute the word school, okay? Just put that in there, right? Um, If you're retired, when I say the word work, um, you can substitute the word appointments because you have a lot of them. Maybe like a a lot of appointments and errands, a lot of that is going on. So just substitute that in there, right? Maybe some hobbies, throw that in there too. Um, Maybe you're like the the stay-at-home parent. You're in charge of the home. You're taking care of the home. Maybe you're homeschooling right now. Um, When I say work, just go ahead and say work because that's what you're doing. You're working. But then you can also add on to that errands, which means target, and then um, drop off and pick up, which is like an additional like 40 hours a week just for drop off and pick up at school, right? But here's no one, let's nobody take the message off, okay? Don't take the message off. How do we honor God with the work we're doing? Last week we said with everything always, okay, with everything always. So if that's the case, then the opportunity to worship in our work is there, right? There's there's no question about that. And I feel like I need to say this as well. (laughs) Um, Your work that we're talking about honoring God with, it doesn't have to be glamorous, It doesn't have to be noteworthy. It doesn't have to be like life fulfilling. It doesn't have to be necessarily creativity inducing. It doesn't have to be this fun activity in order for you to bring glory to God in it. Because I think for some of us, and I know there's been seasons in my life where I felt this way, it's like, no, I'm really gonna glorify God when I get that job. 
I'm really gonna glorify God when I get into that career field. That's when I'm really going to honor God and glorify God when I get there. I'm doing something else right now. I'm doing a part-time gig here. I'm doing some, I'm just trying to pay the bills right now. But when I get there, I'll, no, no. We, we honor and glorify God in what we're doing right now. We're gonna look at some scripture together in a moment in Colossians 3 where you see this happening. Most work is not glamorous. Most work is not noteworthy really it's 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 rarely noteworthy it's it's quite often not fun that's why it's called work I mean you know I remember this as a little little kid I don't know how old I was but I wasn't really old enough to comprehend going to work like what that meant and so um I, I just this is so vivid in my mind and it came up as I was working on this message I remember like I would see my dad getting ready in the morning, you know, shaving, doing all the stuff and everything. And, and I remember this, and I, I asked this several times. It wasn't just like a one-time deal. And I remember asking him, um, Dad, where are you going? And he answered me the same way every time. This happened many times. Dad, where are you going? And his, as he's shaving, he would say, to the circus. And I'd be like, can I go? And he's like, nope, not this time. And I was like, darn, you know, man, I wish I could go to the circus. He wasn't going to the circus. He was going to work, you know? So it's work is work. This is, I mean, that's just the whole point of that story is that work is work. He was going to work. He was not going to the circus. He was a veterinary pharmaceuticals representative. So I don't think that was a circus. Maybe it was, I don't know. I don't think he was selling drugs to the circus people, so pharmaceutical veterinary drugs just to verify that uh okay so um here's what colossians let's just look at scripture colossians 3:23. this is what it says this is how we know we can honor god and we can glorify god with our work it says this are you ready work willingly at whatever you do work willingly at the thing that you really want to do eventually one day. Mm -mm. Work willingly at what brings you most fulfillment. It's not what it says. Work willingly at, at, at that job that's going to pay you a lot of money. Work willingly at whatever you do. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. So work willingly at whatever you're doing as though you were working for the Lord, not for people. I mean, think about that for a minute. Let that sink in for a moment. Four decades of your life, the majority of your waking hours every week, and scripture tells us to work willingly, right? Not, not with a bad attitude, not begrudgingly, not, not, you know, bummed out. Work willingly at whatever you do. I don't know what kind of work you do. Um, but I do know this about everyone in here who's employed right now. You chose the work. Nobody forced you to take whatever job you got right now. Okay, like you applied, you interviewed, you went, you took it, you got the promotion, you did the thing, you took, you know, whenever the raise came along, all that stuff, you did all of that, you made that choice, and don't forget that, because I think we can, we can assume, like, I'm stuck here, right, I don't have any other options, well, 
please know there's a lot of people who would love your no other option right now. Okay, so, so work willingly at whatever you're doing. So you chose that job. Students, college students, I would say this, college students. <clears throat> News alert, you didn't have to go to college. You could have got a job. So you chose to go to college. So I would say honor God with your college education. Honor God with it, right? You chose to go to college. You chose to apply. You chose to enroll. You chose your classes. You chose your major. You chose your new major. You chose your latest major. But work willingly at whatever you do and remember that you work for the Lord and not for people. Okay? Work at it. So practically speaking, you know, this is where I go. Practically speaking, how do we do this? Here are what I would say are three illuminating questions. Three illuminating questions that I am pretty certain most of us have never asked about our work before. We've never stopped and asked these questions. And here they are. What do I need to repeat? What do I need to reject? And what do I need to redeem in this work? What do I need to repeat? What do I need to reject? And what do I need to redeem? Take this question and apply it to what you're doing with the majority of your productive waking hours of the week. All right, so let's do that. Let's start with this. Every business, every organization, every group of people, every, any entity that involves people that, that you're a part of, whether it's a school or business or whatever it is, every one of them has what you would call like policies and procedures, like how they do what they do, how they do business, how they, how they run things. Some of those are written, but then there's also unwritten ones, okay? And it's, I would say you call that culture. What's the culture? You know, you get a group of people, eventually the culture is going to develop in that group of people. So here's we go, okay? Hang with me if you're, if you're going, what is she talking about? Every organization has these standard operating procedures and practices. Some are written, and then there's a lot that are unwritten. As a follower of Jesus, who is l trying to live out Colossians 3.23, right? Working willingly at whatever you're doing, working for the Lord instead of for people, Ask yourself this, the, the, this crucial question, okay? You start in and you go, okay, I'm trying to work for the Lord. What do I need to redeem, uh, repeat in this job? Here's what I mean by that. What do I need to repeat? And here's, here's where I go. There are practices and, and things that are going on in, in the place where you're at school, at your work, whatever you're doing, and there are things happening that are actually really good, like that you say, I want to repeat that. I'm going to keep doing that. Things like just basic, you know, like honesty in the job. Like, like seriously, and I know some of this is going to be like, what are you talking? Like, no, just honesty, like being honest with the customer, being honest with the client instead of like maybe, you know, telling a bunch of lies or, or trying to, you know, blame somebody else and sorry they didn't deliver it on time and really you didn't put the order in on time or whatever it was. Like just honesty and integrity, like, what are some of these? You go, these are things I can repeat. When I run this through the filter of my gospel life, when I run this through Colossians 3.23, I see this going on in this organization, in this business, in this, and I say, I'm gonna keep doing that. That's just something I'm gonna repeat over and over again because this is good, this is God. 
And just basic customer service. You would think, isn't that kind of, no, we know that's not standard, you know that. These are things we want to repeat. Now, here's the, that one's easy. Okay, that was an easy one. You see something, you go, that's good, I want to repeat that. Now here's the next question. What do I need to reject? And you might think, well, goodness, if you have to reject it, you should probably leave, or like, what are you even doing working there? Hang with me. What do I need to reject? What are some common practices, like super common, that you need to reject if you're working for the Lord instead of people? And it could be something like this. Maybe it's like just cutting corners, right? Where maybe the culture is, hey, listen, when the boss is here, we do it this way. But when the boss isn't here, we do it this way because this takes less time and energy. I know I got some amens from some bosses sitting in here, okay? When the manager's here, we say it this way. But when the manager isn't here, we don't say it that way. If you've ever been through a drive-thru, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, like just just like dishonesty. I it, it's just like you know students. You know like well you know everybody kind of does this. Like everyone puts it in their phone. Like it's just it's what they do. It's like everybody you know it's in the cal in the calculator. Anybody my age and up, did you ever have a math teacher tell you that you needed to learn something because you weren't always going to have a calculator with you all the time? They lied to us. Anyway, moving on. Just had to get that out of there. Everybody does this. This is just what we do. No, no. Here's, okay. And at 9.30 service, they were my guinea pigs, and I got the green light to share with you. I told them I wasn't sure of this example I'm about to give, and I said, y'all are my guinea pigs, and they said, okay, so here it is. If you don't like it, you can blame the 9.30 people, Okay. Here's an example of dishonesty that I think we might be able to apply. <laughs> you ever been at work or in an organization, wherever you are, right? And someone calls, not on your cell phone, but like on a, like an actual business line or whatever, and they want to talk to you, and someone else answers, and they're like, hey, so-and-so is on the phone. Now, you don't want to talk to so-and-so, okay? So maybe it's you don't have the time, like, you know that that conversation's a 30-minute conversation, and you only have 10. Maybe it's like, you know that that's going to affect your mindset the rest of the day, and this is not the right time. Maybe you're like, I need to pray before I have this conversation. Like, whatever it is, but, like, you don't want to talk to them. You're there, but you don't want to talk to them. But a very common thing we do, and this is like something so simple, but it's like it's not honest. We tell the person who's answered the phone to tell the other, to tell so-and-so, what do we tell them? That what? Tell them I'm not here. Tell them, I'm, you guys were like, tell them I'm not here. Like you were like <laughs> depressed about it. Like, oh, darn. Tails tucking. Like, tell them I'm not here. And, and here's, there's a problem with that because you're there. And you're going, come on, Shannon. Come on, let's be real. Y'all, I just looked at Colossians 3.23, and I'm applying it to my life. I'm just sharing with you the example, okay? Tell them I'm not here. Here's a, here's a problem with that. Not only am I not being truthful to so-and-so, but you know what I've done now? I've like made someone complicit in this. Like the, the middle person, I'm like, hey, listen, I know I say I love Jesus and everything. 
I'm a Jesus follower. I try to do that, all that. Hey, but would you do me a favor? Would you lie to them and tell them I'm not here? What does that do, like, to your integrity? What does that, what does that do? Like, does that just kind of chip away and chip away and chip away at who you are and who you say you are after a while? So we have to stop and go, okay, I want to identify these practices and go, you know what, I'm going to reject that. That's not okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. Remember what we read. We don't just engage the culture without even thinking. And that's what too many of us are doing. There are most likely parts of your work that are considered unwritten, okay, standard practices. This is just our culture. That if you, but when you run it through the gospel filter of your life, when you compare it to Colossians 3.23, it is not okay, and you should reject it. Like, it actually doesn't bring glory and honor to God. Like, and, and I don't think there is a business out there, an organization out there that this does not apply to, except for maybe Chick-fil-A, because if, if you get something different in your order than what you ordered, it's because that's what God wanted you to eat. But every other place, it's because... <laughs> Like there was a mis- every organization, every business has these unwritten, it's in the culture where we just go, you know what, we're just gonna do it this way. We're just gonna handle it like this. And I think we can, we can apply, I mean, stop and think about this, please. I know I'm, I'm getting kind of like worked up by this, but this really hit me. Four decades of your life, at least 40 years, And in that 40 years, the largest portion of your waking productive hours in that time frame, you are spending at work. Don't we want to honor God in that? Don't we want to glorify God in that? Isn't that when we talk about placing our lives before God as an offering, don't we want that when we say our eating, sleeping, going to work lives, don't we want to honor God? And that's I said, these are like three questions we go, I, I don't know if I've ever really asked these, but there are some things that I want to repeat. This is good. I can apply this to any area of my life. I'm going to repeat this. But then there's some things that we need to reject and say, I'm not going to participate in that. The good news is, is we have an opportunity to, to ask the third question. How can I redeem this? What can I redeem in this? Okay, so this is the culture. Maybe God has me here to change the culture. Maybe God has me in this organization, in this business, doing this job, doing what I'm doing right now. Maybe he has me in this school, in this program right now because he wants me, he wants to work through me to change the culture around here. Because Colossians 3.23 says I should be working for the Lord instead of for people. And so I'm going to work willingly at whatever God's got me doing right now. And I'm going to honor him. So we say, what do we redeem? So take that whole tell them I'm not here example that 9.30 folks said was okay. So like I said, it's on them. Take that whole thing, all right? You might go, Shannon, this is semantics and this is wordplay. And, and, and I've had to really think about it, but it's not to me. The whole tell them I'm not here scenario. A perfect way to redeem that, and, and yes, it is changing the words, but a perfect way to redeem that in light of Scripture is when someone answers the phone and they hey, so-and-so wants to talk to you, instead of saying, tell them I'm not here because I am here, I say, 
would you tell them that I'm not available to talk right now? I'm not available to talk to them. That is an honest answer because, okay, maybe emotionally you're not available, right? You know it's gonna take, it's gonna come at a cost and you don't have it right now, right? Maybe time-wise you don't have it, so you're not available. You're not available with the amount of time that's gonna take, right? Spiritually, maybe you're not available because you know that you need to go, maybe you need to go potty. It doesn't matter why you're not available, but you're not available. And that's, so you're being honest, and guess what, now the middle person, the person who answered the phone, the receptionist, the secretary, whoever, now guess what? Your integrity, your witness, as a follower of Jesus, has not just been chipped away a little bit. I mean, I know it's so basic and small, but again, four decades of our life, the majority of our productive waking hours are spent at work. Why in the world would we not examine how we are doing our work to make sure that it honors God like we're working for him and not for people, right? I mean, isn't this important? Of course. We redeem this. We redeem this. We don't just blindly do what, what everyone else does, right? Last week, we talked about lenses. And if you didn't see last week's message, I encourage you to go watch it. Not just listen to it, but watch it, because we, we, I did some stuff with glasses, like how we have different worldviews. Imagine, if, I, if you haven't... <laughs> Four decades, the majority of your productive waking hours. Imagine if we walked in every day and took off our Jesus glasses in that amount of time of our life. And then when we walk out of the door every day at five o'clock and we put, we, we put our Jesus glasses back on, I don't know about y'all, but that much time not considering how, how God wants me to live and, and honor him and glorify him and what I'm doing, if I spent that much time not wearing my Jesus glasses, Guess what? I'm going to forget to put the Jesus glasses back on eventually. If you didn't see last week's message, it might not make sense. So, <laughs> YouTube, check it out. See, we want to be different. We want to be different. We want to worship God with everything, always, everywhere, everything, all the time. And we don't just redeem something that we had to reject. And I, and I think I want to. I'm going to hit say that real quick right it's not just oh we only redeem things we reject no there are things that we consider lost time that we can redeem lost time time when we think it's just it's just lost it's it's lost because we're we are in the pickup line we are in the you know dropping off picking up we are running people around town we are doing this that you can redeem that time and very practically speaking just throw out a couple of examples you can redeem, like, time in the car. A lot of you guys are big podcast listeners. That's great. Redeem that, right? You can be listening to Scripture. You can be listening to messages. There's a, a thousand other much better teachers than me in the world talking about Jesus. Like, you could be listening to, you could be redeeming. Someone could be reading the Bible to you. You could be listening to worship music. You could be in the car line, and, you know, like, it's, you're in park. Like, you're not even creeping. It's just parking right now. You might, that's your time to write notes, to, to, to write the notes to the person that you've been intending to, and you have it. Like, redeem that time. Redeem it. So we say, okay, God, Colossians 3.23 tells me that I'm supposed to work willingly at whatever I'm doing. 
Wherever, whatever season of life you're in right now, I'm, I'm supposed to be working willingly at it, and I want to redeem this, God. And it says I'm supposed to do this as if I'm working for you and not for anybody else. So what do I need to repeat and keep on doing? It honors and glorifies you. What do I need to reject? What do I need to identify and go, no, this isn't quite okay. And then how, God, do you want me to redeem this? So that it does become a repeatable action and something that I want to continue. As a follower of Jesus, how do we do this in our work? I'm looking at the clock. We're... (laughs) We don't have enough time. There, there are two other things I wanted to mention about work, about working hard and, and working well. And we just don't have time to get there. So I'm going to talk about it this coming week. We talked about a podcast. We started a podcast last week to go with this series, the 167. We want to talk during the week. We want to engage with you guys. So Josh and I are going to talk about more of this. Um, it'll come out Thursday morning. We'll be talking about this. So I, I look forward to, to sharing that with you. So let me say this, and, and um, I'll ask our band to come back out. We want to close our time, of course, in prayer. We want to worship. We want to lift our praise. We want to respond to how God's word has spoken to us today and maybe brought a little conviction and hopefully encouragement. But I want you to hear this, porch community. How do we honor and worship God in the biggest portion of our lives? Well, we work willingly at whatever we're doing as though we're working for the Lord. And we don't worship the work. It doesn't become an idol. We don't worship that. We worship with the work, whatever that work is. We worship with that, with whatever we're doing. Friends, let's pray together. My prayer for you this week. is that you will take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and your walking around life, and you will place it before God as an offering in the 167 rest of the hours of your life this week. We want to honor and glorify you, God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.